0: And welcome to another episode of the Trans Questioning Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah, and today I'm going to be answering reader questions. Yes, that's right. You, dear listener, are also a reader because you're engaging critically <laughs> with the sound of my voice, I guess. Now, I'm going to be putting this episode out around the same time, probably the same week as my conversation with Molly.noise, Dot Noise, just because I want to get to reader questions with some kind of like expediency, and it doesn't really gel with my current schedule, such that it is for doing these episodes. So I'm just gonna do reader response episodes kind of whenever, you know? Um, yeah, so we're going to jump right on into that. First, just a couple of quick little updates, I guess. It is November 4th. My last semester in college is rapidly approaching its end, and it's going really well, she said, without any hesitation. (laughs) Last week was a total wash. I missed class for basically all of the week because I felt like I was dying, but like in my soul. Uh, So that wasn't great. But uh, this weekend I noticed that my beard hair has noticeably thinned. So that's good. I've got a nice big bald patch under my chin. Uh, The hair is verifiably thinner uh, in terms of coarseness. So that's pretty cool. I haven't shaved in three days, maybe four, and it still looks better than it would've done if I hadn't shaved in like one before starting HRT, Uh, uh, before starting laser hair removal, I should say. All right, so straight on to the questions. Hi, my name is April. I'm a trans woman. Anyways, this is just going to be some thoughts I've had lately. I've been a long-ish listener to the podcast, not from the beginning, but I found it soon after I started my questioning process last spring. I found it from a Reddit post, I think the same one you occasionally mention, so it's good advertising. It's been cool seeing your channel's growth recently. Your content is too high quality to go unseen. Aw, thank you. Yeah, it's been cool to see my channel's growth as well recently. (laughs) Your emergency episode last week really spoke to me, mostly the part about things being harder to deal with, now because you actually care i've suffered from suicidal depression and severe anxiety for years it even got to the point where i found myself in the icu and suicide watch point is i've started to recover shout out to well Ooh, i did not have a good time on well but thank you for your what thank you good job i hope it's doing well for you uh it's i would say it's early in the morning for me it's 11 43 a.m it's almost noon it's not early at all oh Wait, I should have finished that sentence. I've started to recover, shout out to Welbutrin, and I feel like I'm more miserable than ever. Uh, maybe start with the Welbutrin, I don't know. When I was at my worst, I didn't feel sad, quote-unquote, I just felt empty, but now that I have a desire to live, I have something to lose. The bad things happening in my life are happening to me, not some cold automaton that I happened to share a body with. Sometimes I wonder if my gender questioning had happened before my recovery, if I would have reacted better or worse. Because for me so far, it's just made me feel worse. I hear so many stories from people about how their trans awakening was this key, and their life started to make sense, etc., and I just wonder why it doesn't, for me, and if there is something wrong with me, I feel maybe it's because that's uh, yeah. I feel maybe it's because I'm so deeply closeted. I'm out on a couple discords with complete strangers, but that's it. I just don't get why I can't move forward. I have a leftist friend group with multiple queer identified people in liberal California. I'm not scared of backlash. I just don't, can't seem to bring myself to admitting it. I can't even bring myself to come out to my sister, who is also part of the queer community. I just literally can't get past the but what if I'm not? Despite the fact that I will have severe dysphoria for weeks on end, the fact that I can go a few weeks uh, without it convincing, convinces me I'm not. So I guess my question is, help? How do I bring myself past this nonsense? There's a second part to this email that I will get to momentarily, but first I'm just going to uh, address this bit. So April, you know what I'm going to say, right? if you're if you're a long time listener to this podcast you know that i've already like in the limited amount of time that i've been getting any kind of questions i've already basically answered this same sort of question like a multitude of times but i'll i'll say i'll say a handful of things and and this is going to be a theme in today's episode so the first thing i'll say is there is a tremendous difference between being out to yourself and being out to the world there's a difference between Being out and actually undergoing the process of transition. They didn't say for sure, but it sounds like you haven't started HRT or any sort of socially transitioning events. What? I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Sounds like you haven't started socially transitioning. The thing is, coming out isn't really a solution It's the answer to a question, but it's also the beginning of like a whole new question, which is, what now? Coming out and starting transition isn't going to make you a happier person. It might in a general sense, in that there has been some sort of unquantifiable disharmony up until the moment that you came out. And now that you understand your relationship with yourself, you're better able to approach your life and address the issues of uh, the, the things that are holding you back, right? But if you're not doing anything about it, it's not going to have the impact that it, that it could. It, it, and again, it's, it's one of those things that might just make it worse because if you know you're trans, but you're not doing anything to sort of live your life better as a result, what you're really doing is continuing living the way that you were, but now you're like seeing to put it in like maybe the, the, the worst way possible. You're seeing the chains of your bondage. You finally seen them. You're aware of them. And you're like, well, I could break free of these chains, but nah, nah, I'm good. I'm good. Cause what if I'm not a slave? God, that's a, I won't, I'm going to cut that metaphor off right at the pass there. I'm going to get the fucking hell right out of that particular dodge i get feeling really deeply closeted i'm still i still feel that way a lot i've gone out in public wearing my wig with like full facial makeup uh twice and i felt terrified and ridiculous the first time and actually kind of empowered a second time but i haven't done that since then um because it's not close to halloween anymore so uh it's harder to pull off i guess but i mean even as i'm out to everybody and i'm slowly starting to actually transition you know i'm what May to June, July, August, September, October, November. What? That can't be right. June, July, August, September, October, November. Wow. Yeah, I'm almost five months on uh, HRT. So even as I'm like deep in the process of transitioning now, I, I still feel. Weird and ridiculous and like, uh, I don't know. And, I'm you know, I still feel a little bit closeted. So, April, I just want to say that I, I get it. You know, I, I, I do. I get it. But you say you're not afraid of backlash. But it sounds like you are, even though you know you you you've got plenty of friends in the queer community your sisters in the queer community like you're you're not you say you're not scared of backlash um even though know, cuz you you live in liberal california but i don't know we, we people can surprise you sometimes unfortunately and there is sort of stratified weird levels of of uh lack of <sighs> Tolerance in the LGBT community, and I mean, yeah, probably everybody will be totally cool with it. But there, but it's a but it's a question that you don't know the answer to, and that's terrifying. You know, you don't like the idea that maybe if you come out to a bunch of people, like, well, this is this is a this is a thing that I certainly feel is that there's a lot of gravity to a to a question of like, I have this thing that I know about myself, and I need to tell people. The once I tell people, I no longer am in control of that thing. And part of me doesn't like that, you know? I, I enjoy the weight of a secret and I enjoy the drama of it. I'm I'm kind of a drama queen. That's just me. And then of course, once you come out, it feels like you can't then say, Oops, sorry, false alarm. I'm not actually trans. It's just this dumb social contract thing, and I'm here to tell you that it's nonsense and you're fine. You can say you're trans and be like, hey, my name is April, please call me she, her. And then one day realize, oh, wait a minute. No, that's ridiculous. I'm not trans at all. This was just a phase. And then you're not an asshole for asking people to call you by another name and different pronouns. People change and Gender is weird. Human psychology is weird. If we didn't live in a world where we had this codified gender binary, I imagine people would slip between these kinds of things all the time. I imagine that most people aren't as purely binary as they assume that they are. But I will also say, chances are If you've picked out your name as April and you call yourself a trans woman, those are the first things that you said to me in this email. Chances are you're probably pretty trans. I mean, I've said this a million times and I could keep saying it a million times. I'll say it more than once in this very episode. Cisgender people don't generally question their gender consistently over a long stretch of time. A cisgender person. Doesn't usually say, I'm a trans woman and my name is April. Like that's not generally how that is. And I will also say, and this is really important, dysphoria and suffering are not compulsory for your transgender identity. This is one of the more damaging sort of stereotypes of of how we understand transgender identity in like popular culture is that before coming out, it is necessarily a matter of suffering. And that's how we understand dysphoria. And, you know, that's a common experience that, like, it is a painful, um, painful time. And it certainly was for me before coming out. But it wasn't universally so. And I don't always feel dysphoria. I still sometimes wonder if the negative feelings I have are dysphoria. You don't have to hate yourself Twenty-four-seven. In order to qualify as trans, the only qualifying thing for your transness is: Do you think you're trans? Cool, you are. Congratulations. Cards in the mail. Like that's it. That's that's the beginning and ending of it. You, you say you've been listening to this podcast a while. Trust your gut. Like you have to listen to yourself. And you keep you keep coming back to my name is April. I'm a trans woman. Right you'll You'll have crushing dysphoria for weeks on end, and then you'll have a few weeks where you're not dysphoric, so you think, "Oh well, I must not be trans," but the presumption here is that you then come back to having weeks and weeks of dysphoria. So why is it that a state of neutrality is more an indication than a state of like negative reaction? You know you need to read your life, I think, and I think you need to be real yourself with yourself. You ask you know how do I bring myself past this nonsense?" The answer to that is that you have to be kind of honest and you have to accept that like you probably know what you need to do and how you actually feel. And it's scary and it's big and it's a commitment. It really is. But I mean, it sounds like you've already made up your mind. And at this point, you're just torturing yourself. And I know I I can't speak for you here, but I know for me personally, I tend to enjoy torturing myself with my depression. That's sort of what my depression is, is self-flagellation. And there comes a point when that's just no longer tenable, you know, but ultimately I can't help you. I can't bring you past this nonsense. I can give you the best advice that I can imagine based on my own experience and the experience that I've had with other people. And all I can say really ultimately is that I don't, I don't know you. I don't know your life. I don't know anything besides what you've told me. Um, You have to be honest with yourself. You have to accept that like, maybe these things that you're feeling actually do mean something and that you're not just making it up. And even if you were, which you're probably not, it's fine. It's okay. It's okay to experiment. It's okay to try things on and then realize, no, you know what? This actually doesn't fit. You know? It's okay. No one's going to put you up against a wall um, yet. (laughs) Uh, we won't get into that, but no one's, people might get annoyed, but fuck them. You know, who cares? You have to do what you think is best for yourself. Okay. So the last part of your question, last thing I wanted to mention was a few weeks ago. You said you might end the podcast in the foreseeable future. Uh, please don't, frowny face. Maybe a name change is in order, but I think there is a really good thing going on here. It seems like the format is naturally transitioning into a sort of interview-slash-advice show while also talking about your own transition. I don't know, I just want to let you know that there are people out there that really respect what you are doing here, and it would be a huge loss without your voice every couple of weeks to help push through life's shit. Uh, and then you apologize for the long email, which you shouldn't do. Never apologize. I enjoy these emails very much. And then you ask me if I'm in the DSA. Um, I'm not, but I should. You're right that I should join the DSA. Um, I don't have uh, reliable transportation a lot of the time, and I'm a hermit and also have social anxiety. So there are a lot of things that I mean to do, and then I you know, think, like, oh, I'm going to do this, and then I don't. But that's a, that's another issue for another time. So just in a quick address to that, um, I'm not going to be ending the podcast anytime soon. I am aware that all things must end and eventually this podcast will end, but I don't think that's going to be anytime soon. I agree that this has sort of transformed into a, uh, an advice show slash an interview show. I don't know how I feel about that. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't understand exactly why I've become like the person who is an authority enough to give advice, but people seem to keep asking for it. So I might as well, you know, um, and I enjoy interviewing people. I want to interview more people. And the longer this podcast goes, the more likely it is that I'll be able to interview like more famous people, more, well, I say famous people that I admire, I really want to get a trans man on the show, multiple if I if possible. Um, this is that's that's an area of the transgender experience that is woefully underrepresented in media and even in my own podcast. And that's something that I aim to. Uh, r- 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 what the what the fuck is the word that I'm thinking of to address? There's an R word in there somewhere. Not the R word, but you know what I mean. Anyway, I really appreciate you telling me that the show is helpful to you and that there are people out there who, who are helped by this show relatively consistently. So no, the show's not going to end anytime soon, and I'm not going to change the, the the name of the show because <sighs> that's just a lot of trouble. Who, who fucking cares? It's fine. And here's another email. Hello, Sarah. I am Kalen. Kalen? I hope I'm pronouncing one of those right. Um... One of those pronunciations, sorry, I should say. 23-year-old transmasculine genderqueer listener who, like many, found you through your terrific ContraPoints analysis video. Thank you for calling that terrific. I appreciate that compliment. I just wanted to say thank you for putting out your podcast and videos. I find a lot of solace in them, somehow comforting and painful familiarity. I know I'm young and very fortunate to live in a liberal city and work in an arts field. I can't imagine what it would have been like to be consciously, openly trans even a decade ago. Non-binary identities, Caitlyn Jenner, they all entered the national discourse while I was in college. That Invisibilia episode you discussed a few weeks ago, the one with Paige, who discussed gender fluidity, and if I'm correct, now identifies strictly as a trans woman, which I didn't know that, that's good to know, was actually a pretty formative interview for me. I sympathize whenever you and Wynne discuss how fast the times are changing and how different the culture has shifted even within a millennial demographic. I think it's easy for young people to be a little dogmatic in this regard, which is why I appreciate the nuance of yours and Natalie's viewpoints. Thank you. Yes. I'm a little less chained down by the way that the culture has shifted because I wasn't a part of it, you know, a decade ago. So I'm still, uh, 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 Natalie and I are the same age. Generally, I think she's like two years older than me. Maybe not. I can't remember, but, um, she's been more engaged in the queer community than I ever was. I was, I've lived most of my life in the South, like Texas and Oklahoma. And, um, you know, as a as a wallflower and a socially anxious person, I've mostly kept to myself. So, I'm not as much pushing against words that we now generally consider as problematic as as she is. The dogmatism of the of the young is for sure th- something that uh, I think a lot of older trans people are always sort of struggling with because there are interesting philosophical questions that deserve to be asked and explored that kind of have to happen in like a, a void away from the, the reality of a thing because like asking a question is not inherently devaluing or invalidating a uh, a person's identity and actually natalie Wynn just put out a new video called pronouns i think i can't remember exactly but it's very good and it's kind of a response to the response to the aesthetic in some ways and uh, uh, I really like it. I thought for a minute she was going to mention me. It came really close to like when she was talking about specifically addressing the aesthetic. For a second, it seemed like she was about to like say, and then this, e-, but I'm kind of glad she didn't because I already feel weird enough for the amount of attention that she gave me. Anyway. Um, Oops, I think I've started to ramble. Anyways, despite my fortunate circumstances, I'm still pretty dependent and tied up with my family at the moment. Because my parents are Taiwanese immigrants, and my oldest sister being a conservative Christian parent of two kids and two more coming, yikes, yikes is right. That's a big yikes for me, dog, who I often babysit. I feel a little stuck currently. I don't want to spring this issue onto my family, who I think has already enough to deal with. Yet at the same time, I had always wanted to transition. I remember spending long high school hours Reading Transforms about top surgery, hormones, etc., and agonizing over wanting these things, yet being unable to disavow being female. A feeling of being trans in all but name. I live a dual life now, a different name between friends, work, and family, and carefully keeping details separate. There is a feeling of wanting more and feeling like my time is slipping away a bit. But in the meantime, thank you again for being present the way you are. You're very inspirational. Keep going. Thank you for calling me inspirational. Wow, okay, that's a complicated situation. And there's a lot of elements there that I can't speak to. I can't speak to being a trans man, obviously. I can't speak to being the child of Taiwanese immigrants uh, or having a sister who is a conservative Christian with two soon-to-be-four children. Two more Ah, four kids. So I don't know what advice to give. And you're not even really asking for advice. And I wanted to read this because it is such a radically different experience than mine. Obviously, you know your situation better than I do, but I I key in on one thing that you say uh, that you don't want to spring this on them because uh, they've already got enough to deal with. Now, that might be true. They might have a lot of shit going on, and I don't know what the enough that you're referring to actually is, but I want to say that, like, you can't live your life holding the concerns of other people above your own. That's kind of how we get into this mess. That's certainly how I got into this mess. I've been spending the last couple of months basically untangling the fact that a lot of my personality is based on concessions that I made to other people so that I would make them happy at the expense of my own happiness and fulfillment. Ultimately, you have to do what you think is right for yourself. And it sounds like you're pretty... It sounds like you really want to transition and you should, if, if you think you can pull it off. And I, I get being dependent and tied up with your family and the difficulties there. And again, you're the only person who can know the actual limitations of, of that situation, but you're 23 years old and ultimately this is going to get in, this is crossing over into something that I'm going to read here in a moment, but you have to make your own choices and you're an adult, you know? You're you're able to make your own choices and and do something for yourself uh, without you you should be able to do something for yourself without having to worry about what your parents think. And I know that there's a lot of very unique pressure that comes with being uh, the child of Taiwanese immigrants. So I wish I could I wish I could say more to that but it sounds like you're having a really hard time living this dual life. And when you talk about your time is slipping away, like, I mean, you should, you should, I think you should transition. I think you should try. Um, There's a part of me that's like, if you really want to keep on with the lie, just tell them you got fucking breast cancer. (laughs) Uh, Just say, you know, Oh, I went on my own time and, um, I don't know if you're like living with them or whatever, but you could just show up after having top surgery and be like, "Oh yeah, I had breast cancer, but I didn't want to worry you. But it's okay now because I got top surgery. Oh, by the way, I'm <laughs> I'm wearing plaid now. <laughs> um, that's stereotypical. I apologize, <laughs> but um, I don't know. You have to do what you have to do. And um, again, I'll, I'll I'll reiterate that people can surprise you. Most folks just want. Their family to be happy. And again, if they've said anything that's like utterly uh, explicitly transphobic, there's a possibility that it's just because to their knowledge, they've never met a trans person and they might change their tune when they realize that it's their brother or their son. So, but also you're 23, your life isn't slipping away just yet. You've got plenty of time. So I say you should transition as soon as possible, but there's there you you've got your whole life ahead of you and you should transition as soon as possible but don't worry about your life slipping away um i'm almost 30 and i still have the rest of my life ahead of me it feels like i don't for a number of reasons but we're all very young we're all our culture is obsessed with extraordinary youth and it's very unhealthy so you're going to be okay you'll figure it out thank you again calen <laughs> I'm going to try to get through three things here on Curious Cat really quick. Two of which I've already answered, so I'm just going to be reading my answers and then adding things if I uh, 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 if I feel like it. <laughs> um, so we'll start with this anonymous question. Hi, I'm 18 and I'm pretty sure I'm transgender. Uh, in in parentheses, great timing to have this revelation. I know. Hey, that's actually a really great time to have that revelation. I don't know if you meant that sarcastically. I live at home with my parents, and my dad vehemently hates queer people, especially trans women. I've been trying to get female clothes, but there are a lot of barriers. I'm terrified of going to the store in person, but I can't buy anything online because my dad tracks my debit slash credit card. Outside of that, I'm six foot five with broad shoulders. Do you know of any way around these barriers? And I've thought about... Doing that exchange thing where trans people swap clothes, but I don't think there are a lot of trans men my size. Have you had any barriers trying to get female clothes?" So yeah, that's a tough, tough situation. Um, Okay, I'm just going to read my answer here. That's definitely a tough situation. Money-wise, think of how your parents track your expenses. Do they ask you about every purchase? Can you write something off as, I went to get food with my friends, or I had to top off on gas? As an 18-year-old, you can open up your own bank account and your parents don't have to know a damn thing about it. Alternatively, they sell prepaid cards basically everywhere that you load up with cash and serve essentially as mini-banks. They charge you per month, but they're disposable. I ask about expenses because basically every grocery store or gas station lets you withdraw cash on top of your existing purchase in intervals of 20 or less if you're dealing with a person. If you have your own private bank account, you can siphon cash off the one your parents monitor and move it over that way so you can spend money without your parents knowing. You'd also want to forward packages to a friend's address for obvious reasons. If that scheme works, I'd suggest checking out ThreadUp. They're cheap and they have a wide array of sizes. Uh, For example, I'm 6'1", and I've consistently gotten stuff that was way too big for me. They've got a decent return policy, their shipping is slow as hell, but you get what you pay for. Thrift shops are your friend, and speaking of friends, drag one to the shop with you as cover. Now, A lot of my advice is assuming that you have cool friends, and I hope that's the case. But if not... Well, I haven't had many barriers to getting female clothes, but I'm 29 and wholly financially independent. My attitude towards these situations tends to be, fuck your parents, they don't own you, and you can do whatever the hell you want, but my parents are dead, so I'm not exactly speaking from a place of experience. Anyway, go to college or get a job or do both. Get out from under your parents' roof. Open up your own bank account. Do not let the constrictions of your parents dictate the terms of your freedom to experiment with how you present yourself. It's perhaps not the healthiest thing to say to an 18-year-old, but your parents are just people. You don't owe them a goddamn thing, especially if they think their moral superiority is more important than your bodily autonomy. I say again, they do not own you. They don't get a medal for raising the child they chose to have. Growing up is not a process of accruing debt. You get to choose who you want to be, and if they're too fucking stupid and cowardly to be a part of that, that's their loss. This is, this is something that I've been hitting on a lot recently. Just this thought that like there are a lot of parents who are trying to control their kids and trying to, you know, dictate the terms of their life and just be generally fucking awful human beings. Um, That's emotional abuse Uh, that can sometimes transfer over into physical abuse. Um, Again, I say parents don't own you you're an adult now in the eyes of the law. You're not an adult in a biological sense. Your brain won't stop developing until you're like 27, 28. But um, you're, you're, you're an adult for all intents and purposes. You can make your own choices. And if your parents are fucking controlling bastards, then to hell with them. I've given this advice a couple of times. And this is the thing that's, that's hard about it is that when you've lived under their constrictions your entire life, it's easy to sort of get caught up in the sense that like, well, no, but I can't leave. I can't go anywhere. They won't let me. And the thing is, it doesn't matter what they let you do. You can do whatever you want. Now, they might cut you off financially. They might never talk to you again. And that's horrible. It's an awful thing for them to want to do or that, 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 that's, that's an awful threat to have on your shoulders. And I've never had to deal with that, so I can't speak to it as a, as a stressor. But here's the thing, is that you can get a job. You can go to college, probably. Uh, no, you can. You can go to college. These are options to you. You can find a place to live. You can be on your own. It's scary, and you, I know you think that you probably can't, especially at 18 years old. And uh, I'd also say it's probably not super advisable, but It's possible. You can do it. I did it when I was 19. I was forced to. I wasn't ready. Uh, I didn't want to do it, but I had to. And ultimately, I was fine. You know, you have to do what you have to do. And your happiness is more important. Um, Your happiness and your health and your mental health, uh, your physical and emotional well being are more important than satisfying the greedy desires of the people who raised you. And just one more time, They chose to have a child. They chose to raise you and impart the lessons upon you that they did. You did not choose to be born. You did not enter into an agreement with them that they were investing time and money into you, which you then must pay off as if you were some sort of like uh, as, as if they're shareholders in your corporative existence. That's nonsense. You don't owe them anything. If they treat you like shit, they don't deserve you in their life. That's a hard thing to think and to follow through on, but the kind of people who would disown you for being who you are, you don't want them in your life anyway. They're not they're not good people. They're not good family. They're not your parents. They're just they're just people and they're assholes and they don't deserve your time. That's that. On to the next one. <laughs> Now, this is a question that I've uh, addressed a bunch of times, but this person sent in a second question that I'm going to address after this. So, again, um, I'm going to read their question and then my response. Do you ever doubt your identity? Do you ever vacillate between doubt and surety about it? Uh, if so, how do you cope with that? Sincerely, someone in their 30s questioning their own gender for, oh, like, two and a half years, but not doing a damn thing about it. So here's my answer. yes. In fact, I don't know that I've met another trans person who is 100% assured of their identity 100% of the time, especially before beginning transition. There are two things you ought to keep in mind. The first is that we have a false perception of what a trans person's life story is thanks to the pervasiveness of the feminine essence theory, i.e. if you don't feel like a woman born in a man's body, you must not be trans. I've met vanishingly few trans people whose lives line up with that narrative. My own experience of my gender doesn't fit that mold. Much of the point of my podcast is to stand as a testament to the varieties of the transgender experience. Most trans people are uncertain sometimes because uncertainty is just a part of being human. The second thing to keep in mind is that we are socialized as the gender we were assigned at birth. For instance, I've lived my life up until recently under the assumption that I was a man. When we question, come out, or transition, we are constantly pushing up against the boundaries of our socialization. It took me a very long time to truly accept that many of my doubts were, in fact, vestigial remnants of my male socialization. The closer I looked at them, the more I realized that they were unnecessary. It's a process that takes time, which is why it's called a transition. Coping involves accepting that on some level, you just have to trust yourself. No one else can tell you if you are trans. I say this a lot here and on the podcast, but as this person generally doesn't question their gender, certainly not consistently over several years, and that is something I think you should reflect on closely, Anonymous. Anonymous. You cannot live your life expecting perfect answers. No choice will come without painful repercussions. In the emergency episode of my podcast last week, I expressed a sense of regret that having a reason to live, i.e. transitioning, has actually made it harder for me to deal with the state of the states in 2018. There's nothing you can ever do for yourself that will result in eternal transcendental happiness. You'll still feel shitty as an out-trans person sometimes. But for me, the bar has shifted. My lows are nowhere near as low as they used to be, and my highs are quite a bit higher. I still have days when I doubt myself, but that's okay. On the whole, I'm still happier. Doubting yourself doesn't invalidate you. It just means you're human. So there's more that I could say, but I'm just going to jump right into this person's uh, second question that I actually haven't read all the way through yet. First, let me say thank you for the answer for the podcast, which I will be dedicating more time to. I've listened only to the first three episodes so far, and for not interpreting my byline as passive-aggressive. I realized after I'd submitted it that I could have been taken as a snarky attack instead of what it is, which is extreme frustration with myself. I actually did have that reaction for a second, but uh, I do the same thing, and I realize, like, no, this, this isn't a passive-aggressive thing. This is, this is legitimate. Second, let me say that it's all—but it's all so scary and intimidating, a frowny face— terrifying. To even think about shedding this carefully cultivated masculine personality, even to do so while still presenting male. To ev- irrevocably change every relationship I have with people. To stop pretending to not like feminine things. To stop pretending to care about masculine things. I mean, I see myself struggle with even this first baby step, and I look down the long, long road of the rest of the journey, which gets bumpier and scarier the more time passes from 11, 8, 16. Yeah, I feel that. And it just makes me want to curl up in a ball and become numb. And then what if it ends up I'm wrong? What if this discontentment isn't gender dysphoria? What if it's just another figment of my ongoing anxiety and depression and OCD? What if it's just me wanting something, anything, to change, and I've just latched onto this as the last best hope? What a terrible thing to everyone involved if that were the case. I'd even be doing a genuine trans people a disservice by giving bigots another example that trans isn't a thing. I'm sorry, you're not my therapist, frowny face. You don't have to respond to any of this. I just needed to type it out, I think. Thank you again, heart. That's a good question. What if? What if? What if? What if? What if lots of things? What if it turns out that you are actually somebody who has created a, a feminine idealization of yourself with whom you have fallen in love and that you are enacting your life as an autogynophilic interpersonal sex fantasy? I'm stealing directly from ContraPoints there, and I'm not doing a good job of it. So... First thing I'll say Anon is that you are not an imposition to other people by asking them to respect a new name and a new and new pronouns. They you don't owe them anything. You don't they're not good friends aren't just tolerating you and they might be they might have a hard time adjusting, but they won't get mad at you. They shouldn't get mad at you. And if they do, um they either need to be cut from your life or you need to have a stern talking to uh, uh, to them to explain, like, this is not a thing. This is not a phase. This isn't a joke. This is my life. But there is the question, what if you're wrong? And I get that question. But we get so fixated on that question. And I've I've been fixated on that question a lot, too. But what you're not asking yourself is, what if you're right? What if it's? What if, it, you're, what if your discontentment is gender dysphoria? What if it isn't another figment of your ongoing anxiety and depression and OCD? What if it's not just something that you want to change, but it is actually true? And then, like, what, what a terrible thing to everyone involved if that were the case. No, no, no. Stop it. Just stop. Um, if it turns out that you're trans and you're not trans actually... Who cares? It's fine. Again, it's okay to try things on and then realize, no, they don't fit. And doing a genuine disservice uh, to trans people by giving bigots ammunition. The bigots are going to find their ammunition no matter what you do. And you cannot live your life by the stricture of how to avoid giving bigots ammunition. Like, they don't give a shit, you know? They'll, they'll use you as ammunition if you're a trans person who doesn't pass. They'll use you as ammunition if you're a closeted trans person. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. Because they're assholes. They're not rational. They're just trying to find a way to hate people that they either don't like or don't understand. And again, by closeting yourself, by making yourself suffer, in order to avoid giving ammunition to them... Uh, uh, as a way of as a service to the wider tra- what? to the wider trans community, you're just helping them. You're giving them what they want because they want people like us to cease to exist. So there is no harm in you experimenting. There is no harm in you coming out and trying to transition. The only quantifiable harm here is staying in the closet, leaving it as a doubt, and living the rest of your life wondering. So yeah, what if it turns out you're wrong? At least you fucking know. At least at that point you have an answer. And you can say, "Well, I was misguided and yeah, it was the thing that I fixated on and in reality it was something else, but it's not a question anymore." I'm a firm believer in the in the the, the thought that it's better to try and fail than than it is to never try at all. Something is better than nothing. You might regret the rest of your life that you never came out or never tried on the possibility of being trans in a social public way. But again, I say, like, before you go into this like rapid uh, self-destructive questioning, you say pretty explicitly that you like feminine things and you're pretending to like masculine things. Again, like I said to um, to April, it sounds like you know. It sounds like you know that you're trans and you're trying to find excuses to not be. And I know it's hard. I know it sucks that this is the world that we live in. I get the pressure of living in America in 2018 um, and wanting to be an out trans person. I get that. It's terrifying. But again, the whole point of their terror campaign is to make us cease to exist, to make everybody afraid of even thinking that they might be trans uh, and and ever feeling like they have the freedom to explore their transness in any way that is visible. It is scary, it is intimidating, it is terrifying, but, you know, again, you say, what if, what if I'm wrong, and you think of all the potential downsides to being wrong, but have you really considered the, the upsides of being right? What if what if you're right? What if what if it is gender dysphoria? What if it is that you're trans? How much better will you feel after coming out? How much better will you feel after shedding this cultivated masculine personality, after feeling like losing the guilt that you feel for liking things that supposedly you're not supposed to like, you know? Think about the good things. Think about how much better you'll feel in 5 or 10 or 20 years. And I'll say again that other people's comfort or sense of self or a sense of you is not your responsibility. The only thing that you should really, truly care about is whether you feel happy in your own skin. And I don't just mean like happy in a, hey, I just got a new video game and it's fun to play and I'm glad that I got it. I mean, happy in the sense that you're not living a fucking lie and that you're able to exist in the world in a way that's affirming and successful and enjoyable. Because that's the thing that cisgender people take for granted. And it's something that's very new to me, and it's new to a lot of trans people who have just come out and are starting transition. You deserve that same sense of contentment, that same sense of comfortability. And if the people in your life don't understand you, say again, you don't owe them a damn thing. There are better people out there in the world. You can find them. They can find you, and they'll be happy to have you in their life. And you deserve to live the life that you need to live in order to be okay with yourself. And look, yeah, the world's falling apart. Everything's terrible. I get it. But if the world's falling apart anyway, and if everything is terrible anyway, fuck it. You know? We've only got so long, right? So just do it. Just do it. What is the worst that's going to happen? Your fake friends admit that they're fake friends. You, you go back to how things are anyway. You don't lose anything. Maybe, you know, maybe people hold it against you. But if they're those kinds of people, then fuck them. You don't need them in your life. I'm, I, I'm, I'm saying the same things over and over again. And I don't mean to sound like I'm mad at you. I'm not mad at you. I'm, I'm mad at the world that we live in that makes us feel this way. I'm mad that this, that, 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 that this is something that I identify with so much because I've been here. I've, I know what this feels like. And no, I'm not your therapist. Only you know the, the circumstances in which you live. But I'll say again, it sounds like you know what you want and that you're just making excuses. And you're allowed to do that. You're allowed to keep living that life. But it's going to reach a point where that's just not tenable anymore. And in my experience, living that way was just slowly strangling my soul and my ability to to live healthily in the world. And um, I wouldn't wouldn't be here today if I hadn't come out. And I don't mean like I wouldn't have started the podcast. Um, I, I guess that's true. But I'm pretty sure I'd have been dead by now if I hadn't come out when I did. Eventually, it just gets to be too much. It's hard, it's scary, it's terrifying, it's intimidating, but it's worth it, and nothing good in life comes without a struggle. Nothing good in life that's worth doing is easy. So I hope that this helped. (laughs) I hope that you feel like this is me like pointing at the door and say, look, there it is, it's real, you're not imagining things. Now it's your job to go through it and that's up to you you know i can't i can't make you do anything you're not a monster you're not a piece of shit you're fine you're a person and you are worth it okay you deserve to be happy Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of the trans questioning podcast what a good set of reader questions if you have questions and want me to address them on the show send me an email at transquestioningpodcast at gmail.com or send an anonymous question over at curiouscat.me slash hms no fun links to both those in the description if you like what i do and want to support me making more head on over to patreon.com slash ltas for as little as a dollar a month you can keep up to date with all my dumb little projects. I shouldn't say they're dumb projects. All of my good, good, fucking hard-working projects that I do for money that I do because they're worth doing. It's really hard to affirm yourself when you're so used to self-deprecation. The music that you heard was by Insane in the Rain. Music cover art by Emily Bumgarner. Everybody go vote. Go vote. Go vote. Go vote in the midterms and vote in other elections. Just keep voting. Vote, 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 vote and make the world slightly less bad than it is now Uh, as much as possible please 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 vote please go vote go vote unless you don't want to in which case don't vote but go vote go vote go go vote thank you for listening to this podcast i'll see you again in the future